0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. It is so good to be back with you today. And uh, this podcast is coming to you on Friday. And if this is not your Friday, then whatever day you are listening to this, then uh, I'm just glad that you're here. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad that you subscribe. I'm grateful, especially when you share, because that usually means that there is content here that could prove positive for another person. And I love the cliche, I love the adage that sharing is caring, especially when it's positive sharing, not just any sharing. It's kind of like um, you've heard the adage, misery loves company. Well, that's not completely true because misery loves miserable company, right? Right. It doesn't just love any old company. Misery would not hang around with people like you and me who are committed to being positive. We'd get old for them rather quickly. About the time that they would realize they weren't going to flip us to their negative position or outlook in life, uh, they're gone somewhere else to find someone else to cosign to their. Uh, b s and negativity as it were. So sharing isn't always caring because we're not always sharing things that demonstrate caring, but when we're sharing our experience, our strength and our hope with each other to uplift to to encourage to further build up now that is caring and that's the kind of sharing that I, want to be a part of, and I hope that is why you are tuned into this high-energy, multi-topical podcast that Recovery Guide tries to be for you. Everything that I draw from, I draw from my own personal recovery, things that I'm hearing from others that I'm involved with, uh, whether they be Wendy in Florida to Angie in the state of Washington, you name it, from around the country, even in the great salt lake valley uh there's a lot going on recovery wise as i go back to my my friends and my early recovery companions back in las vegas and i sort of take the temperature of the room and i find out what's going on how can we share how can we go be going you know um uh How can we be going in the same direction at the same time? Uh, Even with this new Steps um, podcast that I'm involved with, right? If you listen to Tuesday's podcast on Steps for Life, you'll realize that my daughter Carol said, hey, Pops, let's talk about the Steps more. Let's do things more in that area. So that's what we're going to be doing. The Fridays are going to be dedicated to the various topics that we usually try to cover uh, on Recovery Guide. And then Tuesdays for the next 12 weeks will be dedicated to each step as we grow and go in this journey of recovery. Hey, today I want to talk to you about one of my most favorite topics because it's something that occurred to me and continues to occur as I travel this highway, this road called recovery, and that is redemption. Redemption is something that occurs to us when we decide to enter into recovery. Do you agree with me? I mean, is that something that you have found to be true for you? And if not, why not? And if so, please share with me uh, through the many ways you can reach out to me. Let me know what's going on in your life regarding redemption. So, as, as so many of us know, and if you don't know, I'm going to share with you right now, recovery is being caught up in a miracle. Anything short of that, maybe you don't fully understand what you've been pulled from. Maybe we need to do a deeper look at step one, which I will be covering next Tuesday, because when we understand the powerlessness over our substance, our addiction, and, and, and how our life had become unmanageable, being pulled from that is being involved in a miracle. And I know this because there are countless people out there who need what you and I have found and are finding and yet they have not found it. Many of them, the majority of them, will die, as Zig Ziglar would say, with their song still in them, and that is a shame. A miracle is simply defined as an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world, are you ready for this? That surpasses all known human or natural powers and is described to a supernatural cause. Isn't that crazy? I'm going to read that one more time so you really get the, the fullness and can grasp what we are talking about today when we talk about redemption. A miracle which is the overall uh, experience and then redemption isn't is because we're involved in this miracle. It's defined as an effect or extraordinary, extraordinary event in the physical world where you and I in the domain that we live. And it surpasses all known human or natural powers because could you really describe on a human level what has happened with us? Because for so many of us, we can't see it. We can't touch it. We can only experience it and feel it. It's described as a supernatural cause, attributed to a supernatural cause. And I think that defines at least my recovery, if not the recovery I'm involved with, it, it defines it perfectly. We are amid a miracle. We are a miracle. We are a people who, without intervention of a supernatural or spiritual nature, would be dead. Really, if you don't agree with that, why are you even here? If you didn't think that eventually death would be at your door, what really propels you? What what really got you to be serious about this thing called recovery? I believe for me and so many other people that I've had an opportunity to experience along the way, death was going to be a natural a result of our continued negative behavior. Death at the hands of someone else or death at the hands of ourselves through our behavior. Never, and this is an absolute word, like always, never underestimate how fortunate we are to consider ourselves in recovery and or recovered. Now, I am recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Now, keep in mind, the way I stay recovered is by staying in recovery. If you want to keep what you have... Keep doing what you did to get there. And of course, we want to build on that. We want to grow. We want to deepen just like that bamboo, the thing that makes that Chinese bamboo tree so powerful, so strong to be able to withstand any tropical storm. We need to deepen our resolve. We need to grow further, deeper down as we grow out We need to be able to grow deeper to withstand the growth that we will be growing up. If you look at any structural, high structure building, you will find that the key to the 50th floor and its stability is found deep below the ground in the very foundation of where the building was built. Do you ever go back, or right now, Laura and I were... We were down in Salt Lake this last week and went down to the city and, and drove in there to have lunch with our son, Rob, and daughter-in-law, Phoebe, and enjoy our beautiful new grandson, Robbie, Robert Pardon IV, which is really kind of cool. And so we were we were driving downtown and we saw this giant pit. And something that we were able to see that you won't see once the building is built is the foundation. You can almost tell if you're if you're an architect, if you're a builder, you could probably tell me within a story or two of how tall that building is going to be by the foundation that is there that's going to support everything building up. So that is what we are involved in and never underestimate How fortunate we are to be in recovery and to have that foundation and to be recovered for those of us who are. As the definition continues to point out, it is a wonder and something to marvel at. My daughter Carol and others who've known me in the past look at me and say, I can't believe what has happened to you to see you grow, to see you be, especially my sister Mary, my brother George, people who were there before who now see me after and they think, you're not the same guy. Something wonderful, something marvelous, something miraculous has taken part of you. And so today, I want to talk to you about what happened to us and that is redemption and that is a result of that miracle. So today is simply titled Redemption. To be redeemed, and I hope you feel you are part of this miracle and part of being redeemed. According to dictionary.com is the act of redeeming or atoning for a fault or a mistake or the state of being redeemed. Isn't that wonderful? It's atonement. It's making up for. It also means deliverance or rescue. Deliverance or rescue. I'm going to take you somewhere where you may not have thought of it yet. Maybe you have and you're going to build off of it. So whether it's an old or a new thought, let's share this together. Because not only are we redeemed or rescued, or delivered from what has happened, right, but we are redeemed as to what did not or could occur. That is so important to remember, because how do we know what could have occurred? We can get an idea, but we were saved from that. So not only are we pulled from the fire, from being burned at the time but we are saved from further damage down the road that we don't even see and if you don't think that's true sit in the meeting of recovery sit in more than one and hear some of the stories along the way and find out what did not happen to us that is part of redemption as well not only what we are given as we enter into recovery, but what did not occur as a result of it. So when I reflect upon my gratitude, I do so with an understanding of what did not occur in my life. So it has to be both. I'm, I'm saved and I'm pulled and I'm redeemed from What was occurring, and I'm rescued from that, and I'm atoning for that, but I'm also rescued and delivered from things that did not occur in my life. How about you? What are some of the things that never occurred to you as it occurred in others because of the surrounding circumstances of your recovery? What what are those things? Now, I know that some of the things that I've atoned for in my life, that I've redeemed, that I've gotten back, obviously, a beautiful marriage. I mean, when I was early on in my sobriety and I was having such a problem in the dating world, and, and I was so concerned because what I wanted to be was, uh, was a sober husband and, and ultimately a... A sober father raising children, obviously Kathleen and Carol, and even by now Frankie had been born, and and I wasn't going to be able to play the role in their life that I would want to have because of certain things you're just not able to atone for and get back. So, but I wanted to redeem. I wanted to have that feeling of being successful in this area because I was such a failure previous. And so so part of that whole recovery was asking God, to allow me to be that, to give that to me, to allow me that privilege and that honor of being that person. And as I atoned for the person that I was, I was able to redeem or pull back, maybe not with that person or my children, but at least to be able to have that, become that person that I wanted to be. Does that make sense to you? Now, obviously building the relationships with Kathleen and Carol, that would come, that was part of my atonement. That was part of being rescued in time to where permanent damage, and thank God for their forgiveness, that permanent damage had not been done. Now Frankie, I did not meet Frankie until she was 21 years old. So there was a little different circumstance involved in there. But then I was able to be that parent to her in her adult life that I was not allowed to have when she was a child. But now let's go back and focus on the things that we were redeemed from. Some of the things that I was redeemed from, and maybe you can relate, maybe your head is starting to think in these terms. It's not, again, what we were pulled from that had already happened that we could atone for, but things that we were pulled from That did not occur. So one thing that I'm obviously everything else is built upon. I did not die on my way to recovery. You know, my nephew, Peter, God, what a great success story this young man is. I was going to call him a kid, but he's 30 years old now. Um, Peter, I think actually 32 or 33. My goodness, he's getting old, or so am I. But Peter just celebrated one year of recovery. He he messaged me, um, and and today being Tuesday, which you know you're listening to this on Friday, but I'm recording this on on Tuesday, and he said, "Hey, hey, Unc, check it out. 365 days, I am clean and sober a year, which is." totally mind-blowing and if you ever hear some of Peter's story you you know what I'm talking about but what a miracle this young man is and and I'm so glad uh, of his journey and his story and and what it all entails and the way that he had to go to get to this place in time but I told him I said you know what Peter here's the deal understand that you can now consider yourself the exception of You are not the rule because the rule is that 85% of people who enter into recovery relapse and never come back after one year at before one year, 85%. So Peter is now just by sticking around for one year in that 15% tile of recovery, which means he did not die because that's what happens to most of us along the way before we ever get well. Before we ever recover, we die or lose our life on our way to recovery. I was redeemed from that experience. Another thing that I've always said, because, you know, I used to, man, I'm mind boggled that in my drinking career, and it was a career, in my drinking and using escapades and my usage, I got one DUI, just one, and I became actually a a licensed DUI instructor in California as part of my overall degree. And I would and I would counsel and work with multiple offenders, and and yet, I'd gotten one, and I'd lived, I'd lived drunk, really the last five years of my recovery. So from 1981, when I lived in Las Vegas, 80 to 81, maybe even the last six years to my recovery, I was always drunk and or high. Always, always, always. I had gone into the degree of chronic, the stage of chronic, where I did not know a sober moment. And I remember back in the 70s, and when I was experimenting with peyote and mescaline and LSD and Thai bud and drinking on top of it just to maximize the experience, and I would go through intersections literally blind, just tripping. And I and I called them the Jones family of five. They're my mythical family, mom and dad and three kids driving in their van. And you know what? I never killed them. I never T-boned them in an accident causing their death. I think about that. The fact that I was delivered from ever doing that boggles my mind. I don't even understand it because I know those things have happened to people on both sides. The Jones family of five, you hear about them all the time. And, and the tragedy that drunk driving is, and also the prison sentence for the driver that goes along with that. I was redeemed, and that never occurred. I did not suffer irreparable harm mentally or physically. Now, the mental side could be up for some debate. Uh, you know, I'm I, I, I'm sure I'm all here, but I'm not all there. I'm not sure of how that goes, but I had friends. I remember Steve Pluff. I remember when we were doing, um, uh, deep hallucinogenic and, and, and psychotic drugs when we were doing cannabinole. And I remember him writing all over his body and, and and running around like a crazy man because it was a full moon, and I had so many other people who OD'd and ended up on on uh, you know psych holds, right? Fifty one fifties, man, and they were in the USC Medical Center and go up to Camarillo, right? Or people who would have strokes or or part of their brain just stopped working because of methamphetamine overload. Now, granted you can't rip and run as long as i did for 32 years and not have some you know physical ailment or result of that you know premature aging of my skin uh, in my arms and those kinds of things but other than that i'm i'm recovered mentally it's it's amazing that i can comprehend all that I'm able to comprehend, that I did not suffer mental brain damage or physical deformities or or physical challenges that have lasted my lifetime. You would never know mentally or physically or even emotionally for the most part that I am a person of recovery. You just wouldn't know that because I show no ill signs of that i did not suffer irreparable harm even my organs have restored themselves and so now when i go in for physical and, I, and i'll tell my doctors this is my background and they they say dude you're 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 healed you're fine there's nothing wrong with you on any level whatsoever and i'll be 67 you know in just a few weeks on january 3rd and i'm so blessed and i'm so encouraged that i can go into this this final this this latter phase of my life knowing that I'm mentally and physically sound Another thing you know I did not end up with a prison record that would follow me the rest of my life. I'm so grateful that I just don't have that you know I as as a as a licensed counselor in treatment uh, in California and in Utah, I've had to have multiple DOJ and FBI background checks. And if anything shows up, prison record felonies, anything like that on your record, you're disqualified no matter how wonderful or transformed you are. A record is a record. Nowadays in Utah and even California, I used to go into the Adelano Correctional Facility in the high desert in Southern California. And I would go into the jails in L.A. And now here in Utah, I've got my prison my prison pass, right? And 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 I go and I get qualified and they do the background check and there's nothing there. So not having that prison record pulled me from having to live that experience. And again, if I had cleared, killed the Jones family of five, I may never have gotten out. And if I had got out, I would have this record for the rest of my life. I was spared with that. And if you were spared from that, Not only did it not, it it helped me having to go through that, but now all of the other avenues I can go and help and be a part of other people's recovery behind the prison walls. And I'm so grateful to be able to go in under my own fruition, my own choice, and I can get out based on their choice. Another thing. I did not destroy everything beyond restoration. Now, that's not to say I did not do some severe damage. There are a couple areas in life, a couple relationships I'll never have with a couple people because of what I did, not only in my addiction, but even in my early recovery There's some things that you do that you just can't come back from. But every major relationship and situation in my life has been restored to one degree or the next. I'm so grateful that even though bridges were torn down and damaged, they weren't burnt beyond restoration. There was enough there left to build off of. Every significant and major relationship that I've wanted to have back in my life, bar one or two, I have back. And I'm so grateful. So grateful for that. Another thing that is so important to me is that I do not live in regret due to lack of closure for personal loss. Let me tell you, I... I've lost some people in my life along the way. And I'm here to tell you that I have closure for every one of them through one spiritual means or practical means. Cause I know some people, I know some people who, who didn't get to recovery in time. And now their opportunity to get that closure is for the most part gone. Not to say that they can't be forgiven because God is control of all of that. That's not me. But there's some personal loss that they will go to their grave wishing they would have been able to get closure, to get one more hug, to get one more I love you, to get one more assurance that that person knew how important they were. I don't live in that regret. I did not die on my way to recovery. I never killed a Jones family of five. I don't suffer irreparable harm mentally or physically. I did not end up with a prison record which would follow me the rest of my life. I did not destroy everything beyond restoration. And I don't live in regret due to lack for personal loss or closure for personal loss. Now, these are just a few of the things that I was rescued from that had not occurred. These things could easily be called yets. Know what a yet is? A yet is something that did not happen. It is yet to come. It is a yet. Now understand that I don't stay in recovery to prevent these things from happening. Because I don't live there in that negative space. I don't live wondering if the other shoe is going to drop. And if I don't coerce myself into living the right way, then these things are going to happen. No, I know they would. I know they would be. Yes, I stay in recovery for all the wonderful things that have happened. But I understand that the things that did not occur could occur. And for that, I am incredibly, incredibly grateful. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast on redemption and and discussing and digging a little bit deeper in the area of miracles and what we are involved with. Continue to support Recovery Guy. Follow me on recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Message me, DM me, let me know if you're looking for a life for a sober coach and how I can assist you. Find me on the Recovery Guy on Facebook. Go to my website, recoveryguy.org. Download my blogs, listen to my podcast. share them. Follow me on your favorite podcast channel. If you can give, go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy and donate on a monthly basis. If you're more comfortable or able to give a one-time donation, go to Venmo. It's at Robert, comma, or hyphen rather, Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three, and give one time. Everything that comes in goes to my ability to assist more people more often. I'm so glad that you and I had this opportunity to share in this podcast today. Do whatever you can to live this life one day at a time for the rest of your life. And as always, my name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy.